you're listening to Art of the Flow. Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of running our float centers. We love giving tips on starting and running our own float centers. And as always, you can find us on Facebook at Art of the Float, on Twitter at Artful Floating. And we love you joining the conversation on artofthefloat.com. You can leave a speak pipe and... uh, Basically, it's a voicemail. You can let us know um, any thoughts you have on the show, any ideas you want to share. We'll play that, and we'll give our feedback if if it's requested, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's see here. Lance, um, you're from Red Deer, Canada. Uh, you own the Float Shack, and you are keying into our Instagram. So not only are we on Facebook, we're on Twitter, but I think we're actually going to really represent on Instagram. Is that right? Yes, sir. I am going to Instagram it up. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, if that doesn't have you pumped, uh, I don't know what will. Uh, but we are yeah. also joined by Amy Grimes of Float Nashville. Hi, Amy. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Well, I'm well. Thank you. And I'm really excited to join um, for Dan Larson to join us as a guest host tonight from... <sighs> I'm really going to try and pronounce this correctly. Uh, Oli Float. You got it. Uh, Good job. Yes, from Hello. Olympia, Washington. Hi, Dan. Welcome. Yay. Everybody's Thank here. You. And um, let's see here. Uh, we've got a lot we want to talk about today. I mean, there was uh, it was Amy's birthday. We want to talk about that. And, and, and actually, she pulled her birthday into a really cool way of, of uh, integrating in with the business. And I want to introduce Dan um, a little more in depth. Uh, Lance did some really cool things with Facebook Live. And then I want to get to our main topic today, which is uh, employee incentives or motivators um, and uh, talk about what some good ideas are for motivating employees, but also um, kind of the the pros and cons potentially to uh, incentivizing employees. So I'll be really excited. That's actually why we brought Dan on the show tonight. Um, If you don't already know Dan Larson, you probably aren't on Float Facilitators, uh, the Facebook group, if you aren't. Get on Facebook, <laughs> attempt to join the group, um, and uh, you'll very quickly learn who Dan Larson is. Uh, very articulate, <laughs> very uh, frequent poster. And uh, what's great is, as frequent as he is, it's never like, oh boy, Dan's posted again. It's uh, always a very well-thought-out, well interesting uh, post, which is definitely appreciated. Most of the time, hopefully. Uh, I wasn't going to say it, Dan, but yeah, it's it's above 50%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's being generous. Uh, cool. Um, Lance, thanks for bearing with me for the awkward intro there to, to Instagram. I appreciate it. But I am excited about the Instagram oh, portion. No, I, I'm excited for the Instagram. I tried the, this password over and over again. It's been like three weeks. I almost gave up, and I tried it one more time, and it let me in. So What was the password that be worked? prepared. Um, <laughs> the same the same password we have to the bank accounts. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, float one two three. Okay, got it. Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, before before we get too far in, I just want to thank our sponsor who's been with us since the beginning. Float away. Kind of interesting. On um, I've so our float tank. Oh gosh, I'm forgetting the year. Our float away tranquility float tank is actually quite old at this point, and I'm starting to realize. Um, it's time to upgrade. And so we just started uh, our, an email conversation with Float Away with Jenny and Colin. 
to see if uh, they want to make us uh, a new float tank. So I'm really excited about that. And it's it'll be our first time replacing a float tank. It's kind of interesting to think about um, purchasing a float tank and it, it not necessarily like adding completely, you know, 25% more revenue to your business, but it's kind of, it's going to be bringing us up back up to the excitement of having a float tank. I'm sure it's going to increase our revenue in that sense. Um, but it's also just going to bring this, uh, float tank that now has a few, few issues as it's getting older and older. I've brought it up before, but we had somebody who, uh, made a lot of modifications to the float tank for his personal use that weren't great for commercial use. So getting one of these right out of the gate that is designed for a float center uh, is going to be amazing. I, I brought it up to the crew um, at a, a, our employee meeting today, a group employee meeting. Actually brought it up to Sandra for the first time. And uh, let's just say it went over very well, <laughs> the idea of getting a new float away tranquility float tank. And I think think we might even go for the little stars in the ceiling which i don't know if you've ever been in a float tank with stars before but they custom add a, just a ton of little lights into the roof and it's absolutely beautiful so um, that'd be really fun if you are interested in a float away float tank go to www.floataway.com check them out happy birthday amy well thank you very much nice. feels good big two one it's a big one yep yeah, hopefully when you're wiser. Right. Um, leveled up. I like to think of it as levels. Ah, I like that. I like level, that. Got a game of level it. forty, which sounds a lot better than level twenty. My God, I'm still the oldest person here. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't uh, have to say that, Amy. I know. I know. But every week I think it. Okay. Then. All right. Uh, nice. I got the haircut. I think my haircut. You know, yours is outstanding. Mine's like. You know, I look a lot older. <laughs> that is true. Look. Lance does look a lot older. That's true. Oh, wait till you see me in person. It's just not pretty, but that's okay. I'm good with it. I'm just going to float. Oh, that attitude. I can't handle it. No good. Silliness. Uh, let's talk about your birthday. Actually, let's not, not just talk about your birthday, but how your birthday integrated with your business, because that was really interesting. Yeah. Do you want to share that? So, Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Um, so I do have a background in nonprofit. I worked nonprofit for 10 plus years. And Nashville is a thriving nonprofit community. So I'm very much in love with our local nonprofit people. And so for birthdays, which happens to be one of my favorite holidays of the year, <laughs> uh, I thought one really cool way to celebrate and to make it win-win for everyone is that on uh, each employee's birthday, they get to choose where a portion of the profits go um, of that day. Um, as long as it's a local, we try to stay local community. So, yeah, so my choice, I actually made a video this time because my, my choice for my birthday this year was a little different than in the past. And um, in this case, uh, maybe some of you know, my father got a very unexpected uh, liver transplant. He was not supposed to get one. I was not supposed to have him for Father's Day this year. He's not supposed to be around. Um, but so I ended up making a, a video uh, because organ donation is always something that's very important to me. So this year we were able to raise a little bit of money for uh, Tennessee Donor Services. And next week we have an employee whose aunt suffers from MS, and she is going to be donating her birthday, which is Saturday. Her birthday money will be going towards MS. Nice. But it's a really nice way to reach out to community organizations, mm -hmm. um, to create some communication on social media. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, everybody wins. It's a really beautiful mm -hmm. tradition that I love. That is such a cool idea. Did you come up with that's that awesome. yourself? I mean, 
all by myself. <laughs> it, I did. An amazing entrepreneur. <laughs> old mind still works. Uh, yeah. No. Nice. Uh, yeah. But you came but up like with the I idea of your youth, right? That. Yeah. You know, though, you know, when, my, when I was young and yeah. my brain still worked really well. Right. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, Lance, um, even though we did the birthday thing uh, since inception of Float Nashville, Lance actually inspired me. If y'all remember uh, around Christmas time, he did a uh, his, his special or his Christmas or his holiday special was based on people giving to they got. They got discounts for giving yes. to local nonprofits, yes. which for some freaking reason, even though we do it for birthdays and our one year celebration, all the proceeds go to nonprofits. It never occurred to me to use it for holiday discounts. So, um, yeah, we're trying to integrate as much as we can uh, now with nonprofits in every portion of our life. It's part That's of awesome. our culture. It's part of our community. Man, that's so cool. I love that. I love it, and and it works on every level. Like it, you're benefiting your community. You're networking with your community. Your uh, your like Facebook shares and all that stuff is is going to go out. So you're getting more eyeballs. So it's helping with marketing. Um, it potentially could even boost your revenue in a in a roundabout sort of way. I mean, obviously you're giving away a portion of the proceeds, but you're also potentially more people are booking with you out of excitement for it too. So. Well, let me uh, let me just say that yeah. oftentimes if you tag the the social or I'm sorry, the um, mm. nonprofit in mm-hmm. your social media, oftentimes they will start a communication and you'll see them send it out to their people. And what usually happens is whatever we have left on the schedule, if we have some openings get filled. So new people get nice. in it really every single time. It, it has happened almost with the exception of, I think, of one birthday. <laughs> they, it was already a packed day anyway. But it's happened almost every single time that we've gotten new eyeballs. That's so cool. And new peeps. Uh, Good. I don't know. That that sounds like kind of the perfect circle of life for marketing. <laughs> that just seems very very holistic and awesome. Um, good. Oh, and then um, we actually stole your video. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. So the flow job. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. We did the same thing. We just stole your video and. Uh, Wrote, I might have wrote a little letter about you and maybe how I appreciate you or something like that. I don't know. And uh, and um, so we're donating to a local organ donation fund here. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't think. Northwest. Yeah, I can't think of the name. But, uh, yeah, really cool. And uh, and then ended up in um, Float Facilitator. So I'm curious if other people – I'm assuming other people shared it too because that video has had a lot of views. Um, it has. And I'm embarrassed now because I was all boohoo-y in it. It, blubbery man, but that's okay it's it's hard uh, you'll be hard pressed to get me 30 seconds into a video these days but uh you you had me by the heartstrings through that whole video so thanks thanks for being earnest in your video and sharing it like that the way that you did because that was awesome thank you very very much dylan that that is much appreciated <laughs> something that's near and dear and i am so grateful wahoo cool <laughs> thank you <sighs> so um i know we like to go over things we've been doing in our week but uh i i don't uh, i don't have a whole lot to share this week i i've um been going through a move uh which has gone terribly awry basically uh with uh, the old renters that were living in my place uh didn't leave it in great condition so our our move has been delayed quite a bit we've been living out of boxes because we thought we were going to move last weekend and um uh we've been camping and going out a lot and uh, it's it's been interesting and honestly been pretty disconnected from the float shop which is weird um 
And, but really also exciting to see, like we had our employee meeting today, checking in with them, how awesome things are going without us. I'm not quite sure how to take that, but um, just like morale is still awesome. People are super motivated and, you know, like Sandra and I always want to know how to improve things, what we can be doing better. And um, just everything that we've been hearing is uh, so positive. It's it's very very nice. And I guess also important as a business owner, the, the revenue is still coming in, you know, so nice. it, it's not just all warm feelings, but also that cold, hard cash is also coming in. So <laughs> that evil thing. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that I have a whole lot to share other than that. Um, so maybe I should just save this time for our man, Dan Larson. Hi again, Dan. Hello. Um, so yeah, normally we, we give just a little bit of background on our week of what's been going on float related but uh maybe you can catch us up on the last <laughs> i don't know what is it five years of your life How last, long? last two and a half years yeah rather than last week yeah well i'm sure yeah, it's so more than two and a half though yeah it's not actually well so our current float center has been open for two and a half years and my business partners who i kind of bought into the business with mm-hmm. were running a single tank um room basically at another healing art center for a year before that so we've been doing floating for three and a half years ish and in our current center for two and a half so um for those who don't know we're in olympia washington so we're kind of smack dab right in the middle between seattle and portland Mm -hmm. and we have a two tank center we custom built our own float cabins and uh, they're gravity drained (laughs) systems which people seem to find really fascinating yes Mm -hmm. i'm i'm realizing lately is actually kind of a boon and awesome for a few different reasons um waking people we also from their this, floats <clears throat> yeah waking people up it's easy you just you know <laughs> drain them out it's so simple um yeah and then we also do massage and craniosacral therapy we have an infrared sauna we do energy work and counseling and uh we have three employees who for the most part are basically running the place so kind of a similar structure as you do uh, at the moment you know nice. i don't i don't actually have to be there they're perfectly awesome uh, day-to-day managers by themselves uh-huh. um i choose to be there um, you know like a day and a half a week just to keep my finger in the pie um yeah but our, our staff are, in, are incredible you know and, awesome. uh, yeah did, uh, we were very lucky finding them so that's a little bit about us um you know, we have four. We have four owners, so it's kind of like uh, two two separate couples, uh, owners of the business, and then we have um, kind of a collective of practitioners that, that we work with. So it's a very it's a very matrixed kind of organization. Interesting, you know, in a way. Has, has, yeah. has that had any? I don't know if growing pains is the right word, but has it all happened very smoothly and organically? Or I mean, with practitioners, owners, it, like you said, matrix. Sure. Pretty much, yeah. Um, three of the four owners uh, practiced Vipassana meditators, which has really helped <laughs> with uh, de- dealing with things that, uh, you know, the, the two the two dudes in this situation, you know, me obviously being one of them, you know, uh, our history is kind of to be hotheads and, you know, hmm. think, we're, think we're right about everything. But, but both having been trained in Vipassana has like really helped from a business perspective. Oh, it's like really learning how to listen and see things from each other's perspective. And, you know, we haven't really had any major conflicts as uh, as business partners. Um, and those that we have had, we just sit and we talk and we engage in some uh, nonviolent communication. And um, yeah, you know, it just occurred to me. Everybody might not know what Vipassana is. Would you want to share what that is? Vipassana oh, sure. Meditation. 
Yeah, I mean, the and floating kind of goes goes together. It's uh, it's an ancient meditation technique. It's actually the the original meditation technique that was taught by uh, Siddhartha Gautama before Buddhism was turned into a religion. Um, it's the original meditation technique, and so there's several centers all over the country. I think one of the biggest ones is actually here in Washington State, and so. It's a, a 10-day kind of sensory deprivation environment. You basically go live in a monastic setting for 10 days, and all of your needs are taken care of in terms of accommodation and food. And you sit and meditate for uh, somewhere around six or eight hours a day, deal with your shit, realize how uncomfortable your body is. Um, you know, it's kind of like a 10-day float in some ways. And and uh, there's no speaking to other people? There's no, no eye speaking. contact? Nope. No, it's uh, like vow of silence environments. So. I think uh, men and women are different different regions of the yep. space. Yep. Yeah. yeah, men and women are separated, yeah, just because we can't be trusted. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it, it helps with all forms of communication, I think. When, when two people have been through that, it's just sort of a common language, you know, and, and you know. You, you don't react as much to stuff. So that's been very useful in business with awesome. uh, two, two separate owners, no, two couples who own it. Right. Yeah. May, may I ask, uh, how did you discover floating in the first place? I discovered floating because I was actually a marketing consultant for Mike and Kristen, our business partners. So they, okay. they had a single oasis tank that was kind of, like I mentioned, buried in another healing arts center. And they were just kind of launching and wanting to understand local demographics. And I was a transitioning out of my corporate career at the time and was a freelance marketing consultant and they just brought me on board we did a float trade i was like oh this floating thing seems interesting and i checked that out (laughs) and we did we did a trade for 10 floats and i did a whole marketing demographic workup for them to help them understand you know the different target groups they could be focusing on and the more I got into it, the more it was fascinating, both from an experiential perspective for myself, but also from a marketing perspective of like, holy shit, this is like, this is great for everybody. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to swear on the air, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to not make it worse than that. Um, just being really blown away by how interesting the business was and yeah. the, the marketing landscape was and just how many different types of psychology and demographic and psychographic mm-hmm. They were ah. to work with. They just it really fascinated me, and the more I got into it, the more interesting it got. And huh. so, one day they told me that you know, well, yeah, we're setting up this healing arts center over on the other side of town, and I was just like, okay, I got to have an office there. You know, <laughs> I had I had an office for my consultancy. I was doing some energy work and counseling as well. And I was like, I'm just going to have my office in your center. And of course, three months in, I was had a chance to sit in my office and observe the float business. And I was yeah. like, wow, not only is this interesting, but you know, could actually make some money too. And, right, right. And stars aligned, and we ended up being able to buy into the business and uh, buy out one of the gentlemen who was part of the first setup, who wasn't oh, really into floating, floating that much. And Got it. It just all kind of happened. All you know, it wasn't by design. It just right place, right time. Interesting. All fell into place. Yeah. So, totally unconventional history. How? Yeah, it, it, it is a little unconventional, a little little different than I think the rest of ours. That's really cool. Um, and yeah. I'm I'm really interested in the um, marketing analysis that you're talking about. And I, I I know I'm putting you on the spot here. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but uh, do you have any um, anything that you'd like to share, marketing wise or, or demographics wise, that you've learned that you think the our audience could benefit from? I think it's it's the same kind of stuff that we've been talking about in float facilitators, you know, over and over. You know, it, it's it's that interesting divergence between, you know, you've got the veterans, you've got the pain disorder people, you've got the hippies and the trippers, and you've got the Joe <laughs> Rogan people. You know, these are all very different 
types of minds, you know, and that that was the thing that really got me interested mm. in it. It was like, wow, how do you how do you market to such different types of people? They're all kind of experiencing basically the same thing, but psychographically, these are very different sorts of people, you know. So how do you how do you speak to all them in a in a in a voice and a tone and a and a narrative mm. that that makes sense to them? You know that that whole question just kind of fascinated me. Nice. So, yeah, I don't know if I have any you know killer insights. But, sure, but the question, just yeah. knowing the, the question, question to ask. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Sure. Lance, I, you did something pretty cool this week with Facebook Live. I got to, I got to catch that. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had, I had some fun with Facebook Live for the first time. Um, I was listening to a podcast, and they were just talking about how wonderful Facebook Live is and how. Um, the Facebook, the current Facebook algorithms love um, the live video, and they'll push that out to more of your audience than any other post. If you're do a, a photo post to, with some with some some writing to that, that would not nearly hit the amount of audience as uh, Facebook live video is. So, right now it's it's pretty hot. I think it's going to be growing to a bigger thing, and it's going to be more and more common throughout um, social media have live video or live feed of whatever is going on, but. Um, yeah, I started out and experimented with introducing our space. Um, it was actually quite nerve-wracking. I'm like, oh, I, do <laughs> I, a po- I do a podcast all the time. It's no big <laughs> deal. But you realize you're on the spot, and it's like, oh, this person joined. This person joined. Oh. These people are watching. And you're like, oh, my God, like more people are joining. And then you're like, oh, people are leaving. What am I doing? And it's just very hard, especially when it's, like, unscripted. And it's just, like, off the top of my head. And I was halfway through. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I forgot I'm live. But... Um, it was fun. I did another one today. Uh, we'll see how that does. I sort of just um, talked about the history of the flow check, where we came from, nice. how it all started, how we did construction. And I sort of just want to start connecting um, the face of the, our employees and the owners to the business. We haven't really done that. We mm-hmm. haven't you know, connected our faces to the business like a lot of businesses do. But I think yeah. it's very important, yeah. um, especially when your customer base gets to see your on a live video, how genuine you are. There's no editing. There's no beautiful music or fancy microphones. It's just, it's just raw you. And I think there's something to be said about that. I think people are Um, loving that. I think that's why podcasts are so popular right now. Oh yeah. It just takes away all that, all that production, all the, um, you know, huge advertisers and everything that kind of neuters the media. And yeah, Facebook live is the complete opposite of that. It's, (laughs) It's Lance Foss live on camera. Yeah, and, I'm not really like. Sorry. Well, sorry. I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head with the idea that people having having the face of the business be um, a small business owner, like really putting that out there. People are willing to spend mo- more money on a small business rather than a big business. They they would prefer to put their money um, towards a local business. And so, if you're putting it out there and really reminding them, like, hey, this is a human being behind you know, this, uh, this building and all these float tanks, I think that mm-hmm. really develops that connection with the, with the potential customers. So I, nice. well, there's something to be said for authenticity too. Oh, and that's, you know, an, an authentic message is way more meaningful than, than a polished packaged thing mm-hmm. that you can tell is just kind of marketing right. BS, you know, it, so. it's uh, I don't know if it's just because we've got so accustomed to marketing or what it is that we've just become, it's, I'm shocked at how marketing worked before. I'm shocked that 
this is seems to be a new thing. It seems like how has this not always been the case? Like, authentic just makes more sense. Um, so I, I uh, yeah. But I think I, I we, re- that's you, Amy. <laughs> I, was, I think I think we can. Um, I think the reason it's working so well right now is because it's the one thing that's cutting through the noise. Right. Um, mm. Everybody does t- tune out the slick, uh, pre-thought out. Um, highly produced videos and this just cuts through the noise we're looking for real we're looking for something authentic and um and i i have to admit even i love it i know the podcast he was listening to and i I watch that as well because the person is so incredibly real um and authentic and doesn't hold back and really you get the sense of his amount of joy and just passion for things and And who is this um it's uh, Gary, ba- Gary I, I'm assuming it's Ask Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I love it. What's the um, show premise? Um, get your shit done. Just like, he's just <laughs> one of those like motivational hey. speakers or entrepreneurs or just somebody that oh, just okay, cool. breaks nice. it down. He's like, you want it, just, just do it. Like the only thing stopping you is yourself. Just do it. You know, <laughs> you know what you have to do. Shall you know what you want to do. Just do it. <laughs> just and I love it. It's been sort of lighting a flame under me lately. Oh, cool. I love okay. when I, I love when I come across these podcasts that just sort mm. of immerse you. And then you're like, Oh yeah. It gets you thinking, awesome. gets you, you know, the clock <laughs> turning, but, uh, Good for you. Cool. yeah, no, um, Facebook video or live video, hit that up. I think in the next five years, um, social media will be majorly evolved wrapped around live. Like mm. we all have these, multiple cameras we have two cameras in our pockets um and the internet connections are only getting faster and better and the wi-fi signals are getting stronger so if we're we start up with updating you know text with statuses and then it went to photos and then it went to videos and now it's been a live video right um geez how long is it going to be until you have a live vr you know you're able to immerse yourself in someone else's world so facebook uh, purchased uh, i I don't know if it's oculus or who it is but uh, a vr headset company so that uh, that will be in our future yep (laughs) singularity is coming (laughs) oh boy all right all right, Mr. Collective Unconscious. Um, so you, <laughs> like, I didn't even think about this. When I'm watching your video, I'm not even thinking about the fact that you are holding a camera like you're taking a selfie, right? Like, so you're seeing yeah, yourself yeah, talk. Yeah. And I while you're that. recording, you're I seeing the, them. Right? I know. I do, too. I'm, like, the least selfiest person ever. <laughs> I, I, no, the, I don't do tough. that. But, you know, as Gary Vee said, you just got to do it. Because you know, you're you got to overcome that yeah. resistance. You yes. got to, you're rewarded when you overcome those times of being uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll put a link but, into his show, by the way. I'm, I'm going to check him out. Sorry, my favorite part it. about this live video mm-hmm. is you can do live Q&A. So mm-hmm. people can Whoa. be like, oh, you're at the flow check. How do you filter it? Yo, this is how we filter it. You know, break everything down. But... I don't have a big enough audience. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many so, views do you have on your first video? Because uh, it stays posted. The the first video was, geez, what did I say, twenty three hundred? Oh, so, I forget what I said. I forget I, I didn't what I said. The one today was eight hundred, and then I did one wow. a few days ago. Oh, those sound like big numbers. Yeah, That's bigger than I would have expected. Yeah, 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 and it's um, 
I don't know why people, what they count as a view. Um, I think an impression is when they glance over it and it's less than two seconds. I believe that's an impression. Mm. Somebody please correct me. And an actual view is longer than X amount of seconds. Uh, Don't worry. Dan Larson, I believe, will speak pipe and correct you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's really cool is I want to incorporate it into the podcast one day. So while we're recording here, I'm going to do a Facebook Live on my phone where you can actually tune into the podcast through Facebook Live, and we will answer it on the podcast. So So I have to start wearing a shirt. Oh, boy. (sighs) (laughs) Uh, that's awesome. And Lance, I think um, I was almost going to say, like, you stumbled upon something amazing here, but this is, this is clearly intentional. You know what you're doing. and I, mean, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I know what I want to do, and I'm, I'm hoping for good results. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With purpose, you're moving forward and experimenting, though. Yeah. That's yeah. really and awesome. interesting. And let's not forget, there's Periscope as well. We've had some really great, oh, yeah. um, a lot of fun on Periscope. Out there, too. I think Facebook is going to, I don't know how, how far Periscope is going to go, but in the early days, um, there's a lot of interest, and we got a lot of views, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, very similar platform. Um, what I've, I've gotten this conversation with somebody yesterday, and they're saying Periscope, it doesn't archive your videos. And Periscope, you're almost searching for a whole new audience versus a lot of us, our main platform for social right. media is Facebook, and you have that that customer base. If you pick up something that's you know out there, you're may be starting from scratch so um i think facebook's trying to outdo periscope and that's sure i don't know how and they've already got the audience there are ways to archive periscopes yeah okay Uh, i've never never just not through periscope but outside uh (laughs) outside organizations have made it well that's convenient (laughs) there that's a nice way to get some video built up uh video is are good yeah, I've recorded, I'm not, this is going on and on, but I've recorded videos before and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, and then I'll, okay, I got to edit it. And then I'll go through editing it and I won't finish editing it. And then oh, the video just yeah. never gets uploaded. But this live, it's like, once you press finish, <laughs> that's done. So Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. appealing, having, having to spend about 40 hours editing a video. Exactly. That, that sounds really yeah. appealing. Yeah. yeah. So is this something you would do, Dan? Oh, hell no. I can't even stand the telephone, but ah, I don't know. Says maybe. the marketer. I mean, yeah, as the, as the, I can, yeah, I'm hearing the efficacy of it. That that makes sense. It can, uh, maybe, maybe. If if you can update your status, you can go live. Like it's yeah. that easy. You oh, it's simple. Yeah. Update status, and there's a button at the bottom. You press that, and you are live. Oh, so Lance, let me ask you. You at the very beginning of the video said like, okay, let's try this again or something like that. Can you tell? Oh, yeah. Walk me through that. Oh, so I was outside. I wanted to start out outside and sort of introduce uh, the river in front of us and our building and how to get there, where to park. But (laughs) my connection must have been weak because it'd go live and then I'd be talking (laughs) and then it'd just be like streaming pause. And I'm... It's my first time using it. I'm like, you know, I'm on the street. The construction workers are looking at me like this crazy kid that's selfieing and talking to himself. Oh, and, no, no. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, stop, stop, just start and stop. And then next thing you know, I'm like, okay, this is the last time. I'm a little closer to the door. It should okay. work. And um, it, it seemed to work. But yes. When you're experimenting with live video for that's the first time, brutal. there's a lot that's happening, and you're trying to oh <laughs> decipher God. the moment and I make the best it. choices you can. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't trip so, or something, you know, silly like that going up the stairs. That would be <laughs> bad. Oh, that only spiked the viewership. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, did you? Um, 
Oh, shoot. What was I going to ask? Does it automatically post that first video, that that mess up one? Or do you you have to go in and delete it immediately? Or do you, Uh, after you're done, get to say, like, post forever or something? I don't. I think, like, the second you press go live, Mm -hmm. it goes on your feed and it says... Dylan Com is now live. Right, right. And if they're watching and you want to stop it, you can stop it. It archives it, and then you can go back and delete it. But those okay, live, still, okay. those live viewers saw you. you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Got to be careful. Oh boy, brave new world. This is very interesting. Everyone is their own broadcast station now. Like right. I was talking right. to one of my employees about this. Like he grew up where his family would sit in front of the black and white TV, and it was a big thing to catch the news or whatever was on. We are all our own broadcast stations now, and it's in our pockets. Yep. Like it's, yeah. You know what? You know what's interesting too is the the uh, propagation of it across the friends list, right? So I I think I could be wrong, but I think there's an element where it says, um, uh, yeah, Dylan Calm is watching this video, and all your friends see it. Oh, so it's, I, damn. I could I could be wrong, but that. It's, yeah. It strikes me as really cool, but also slightly creepy. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, it's all creepy, man. It's all <laughs> creepy. That's true. Yeah. Facebook, man. So it's, it's also interesting from a marketing perspective when you think about just, you know, if Dylan Calm is watching a video on Float Shop, you know, and that goes out to however many friends you have on Facebook, that's actually really interesting from a just a brand propagation perspective. Absolutely. You know? So. And that, yeah. that would help explain some of those tremendous numbers, too. Did you say 2,300? That is crazy. I, I, I don't know if that was views or clicks. I don't have my Facebook <laughs> open because I that can't do that. That was purchased, right, during your broadcast. Yeah. That's no. amazing. Um, we definitely did get some bookings, like, immediately after that went up. It, You know, the phone started ringing, like, that quick. It was pretty cool. Wow. Um, but there's, like... This is... Wow. This is uh, I've just been... I've, I've been experiment, like, just playing with it but Mm -hmm. if you were to do something say all right guys i'm giving you all my secrets here (laughs) if you were to go like one day a week and that was your thing so friday at 5 p.m or 6 p.m you had a 10 minute sort of podcast or live video feed with uh with somebody you know your listener base or your viewers or your facebook friends or whatever you want to call it at this point um they're going to know you're doing that and they're going to tune in and you you can tweet out before you know going live in 10 minutes and you know use all your other marketing mediums to promote this live video which like dan says it it travels through you know it just travels through facebook so and so is watching this so um yeah, there's so much room for potential here. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, live interviewing floaters coming out of floats. Obviously, yeah. getting their permission beforehand. And then uh, how it's cool as, is that? Wow. It's as simple as that. You know, someone has an amazing story and you just say, hold up. Can right. we go live? <laughs> Click. It's yeah. boom. Whew. Uh, I, I cannot wait to start trying that out. That's... um. You know, uh, so okay. Here, here, here's something. I'm curious. <laughs> we are not done with this new show topic. Uh, so, so, um, Sandra and I are having a baby, and we haven't announced it on our Float Shop Facebook page. But we've always felt somewhat connected to, like, particularly in the beginning, it was a very personal sharing of our story and everything with our clientele. And so, um, I figured at some point we're gonna announce that we're having a baby on our float shop page. So then I start, as you're talking, I'm like, oh my God, we should do that live, a, a live Facebook announcement. And that will have so many viewers. And then I'm going, oh God, I'm disgusting. I'm exploiting ourselves. Like how gross is that? And, that, and, 
and then that part of me that wants to be authentic and marketing, and, and then all of a sudden I'm really confused and I don't know what to do. Well, what are your yeah, guys' thoughts? There, well, I, I just want to say this. I've seen businesses where you have to find balance between mm-hmm. being a person that represents your business and being somebody who floods your business with all the personal stuff. So wherever <laughs> you think you can find that balance and mm-hmm. you think – you know, I think go for it, but some people take it a little too far. Some people mm-hmm. need a little more people in their business, you know? Right. If, okay. I, yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Like, Well, you know, I'll say this. Um, a few, well, now it's been about a year and a half. Um, my business partner had a heart attack, dropped over in the float center. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Mark and I were so much a face of the business, um, I did actually post just one post um, of him that he is in the hospital and that you'd mm. be seeing a lot more of me and, and the ladies who worked with us for a while. And I never posted anything else, but interestingly enough, we received emails and cards. And when mm. people came in, they asked about Mark. And um, it, I think it works in our case. When Mark and I started, he and I did a lot of videos together. We've, we've gotten out of the mm-hmm. habit. But because of those mm-hmm. videos that are still getting views and views and views, mm-hmm. I remember those. Mark gets recognized on the those. street, which is <laughs> freaking crazy. They recognize him because he looks like a hip. I mean, he's very, <laughs> you can't mistake Mark. Um, we'll be like, I remember we went to a concert and people are yelling, hey, Mark, Mark. And <laughs> it's our floater. And there's one person who wasn't even it was thinking about coming and floating. I mean, this stuff happens. Oh, wow. It's really mm-hmm. bizarre. We have a million people in our city. It's kind of weird. But, um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so people do want to know and they want to connect with you. Um, so if they come into the, sh- the shop and see you and they know who you are, they do want to know that stuff and they want to right. talk. And we're still getting people this year and a half later. How's Mark doing? Oh, How's wow. your recovery? Wow. Wow. So, and it was from one post. That's all we did. I mean, fundamentally, we're, we're in a relationship marketing business, right? right? So, I mean, I think we kind of view that as we need to learn everything about our clients that we can formulate this relationship around it. But it, it goes both ways. You know, yeah. I mean, we I have a lot of open conversations about personal life with, you know, some of our more regular members. And, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously appreciate that. And it's just part of their experience when they come in. And, you know, it yeah. feels like a little bit of home to them. You know? So. Yeah, I think I think if the weird part to me is when it's like authentically, yes, I would love to share this and doing it live sounds like fun. But then there's that part of my brain that's going, ah, this is increasing the viewership. It's not changing my motivation and it's not changing how I'm going to behave yet. But maybe that's just my fear uh, as well, a human being is that that could start changing my behaviors in the future. But, you know, Dylan, one thing I did with, with Mark was we talked about while he's in recovery, um, you know, we asked the doctor, well, when can he float? And we actually made it a post about, okay, he's had this heart attack. And then afterwards, we did do a post about, hey, Mark's back in the office. He's recovering. We actually got permission from the doctor for him to float, but we had to make some modifications. So you have this really beautiful opportunity to not only announce that, but also tie it into what you're doing. Hey, this is... You know, how, how does, what what is going to happen to Sandra now that she's pregnant? Oh, well, we can do floating and pregnant, you know, pregnancy floats and yeah. this is how it's working. So I think yeah. when cool. you can combine those things, it makes, it makes perfect sense. And it's not just out there kind of randomly. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Having reason behind those, those style right. of posts. Right. Um, I know I followed a, like a, a local business here on on Instagram and he was constantly just posting his personal life and it wasn't the business at all. And Mm -hmm. that's, I don't find that attractive, but Mm -hmm. when you actually have a purpose, like Amy said behind it, like that, that is, that is very meaningful. That, 
Yeah, cool. I like that. Meaningful and powerful. I love you guys. I love <laughs> chatting here. This is great. Oh, it's, fun. it's good. Uh, well, if you love it so much, I, I want to hear about this next thing here, which is uh, I heard you had a little talk with your business coach today, or, or this week, oh, this week. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, you know. We're here for you. We're um, <laughs> being an entrepreneur is not always simple. And that was something I sort of knew when I signed up for it. I knew it wasn't going to be an easy route, and I knew I'd have to put the business first in a lot of circumstances, and I knew it would take some time. But, uh, yeah, just throughout all this, it's always been the business first, and I've had to work. Um, so it's, I was working another job when we decided to start a business. Um, pretty much all throughout construction, we were doing our own construction, and I would be working full-time with overtime at that point. And it became too much throughout construction. I hit boiling point, quit my job, <laughs> lived off all my savings um, for about, I think it was about eight months. And that got us running for our first six months and got things sort of smoothed out. But then there came a point where the money coming in, uh, we had to reinvest in, in the building and in our employees and in everything because... Um, we sort of just did enough to open our doors, but we needed to upgrade our air conditioning and our lobby and, you know, all these little purchases, furnishing and lights and every little $20 odd and end that you don't think you need ends up adding to be a lot of money. So always putting the business first, uh, we came to the point where I decided it's time to go back to work. So I wanted to do this thing where I would work three days a week. I'd try and work full-time hours. So I was doing 12 to 16 hour days. I've done that for, well, my hours have cut back lately because it's just so tough, but it was about 15, 15 months of trying to work 12 hour days at wow. least. And then I'd come back and in a city that's an hour and a half away. And a lot of reason for doing that is because uh, this is going right deep because I'm also in a long distance relationship. So my girlfriend um, lives in, Edmonton and I live in Red Deer so when you're starting a business that engulfs all your life um, when you're doing a long distance relationship that's really difficult when your life's engulfed by a business so when I had to go to work I wanted to find that balance in my work life um, earning an income running the business and um, sort of my relationship so I decided to do that in Edmonton so it's been a year and a half over a year and a half now and it's sort of taking a lot out of me and I need to make a decision where I need to go all in. Um, before all the float center stuff, I was working as a mechanic in the oil field and I made a pretty, pretty decent money and I became accustomed to making that money mm -hmm. and that lifestyle and I bought the house and the trailer and the cars and everything else and some of that debt I've been able to clear off by now but some I'm still stuck with so I do have an obligation to make a certain amount every month, and it's, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's sort of difficult to find balance on what I pay myself through the business and what I have to work in an extra job. Um, I've also been making some money off, like, my house, so I've had roommates, mm -hmm. and um, I've recently got notice that I'm getting, like, a week notice that I got two roommates moving out. And that's a big loss of income. And it's just getting harder and harder to play catch up. Again, not wanting to take money from the business. Um, 
So I need to make a decision and I need to go all in somewhere. And I told John, what do I do? Oh, I didn't tell him. I asked him. I said, what do I do, John? Do I go all in and put the business on the side, even though it would be the worst thing I've ever do? And do I go and get a job again so I get myself out of this financial trouble that may possibly be coming? And or do I go all in in the business and make that commitment that I'm going to make X amount of dollars more a month to pay for myself? Uh, So, you know, this seems like a big sappy thing, but it's just been it's been pretty difficult having to do all these things on top of, you know, being part of the CFC and being part of the podcast and trying to do all these things. It's just so much juggling you reach a boiling point and I'm fortunate enough to have someone like John where I can toss my ideas out there and he doesn't give me an answer. He just asks me more questions or really lets me do all the thinking for myself. But mm-hmm. yeah, I sort of had a little breakdown and I know I need to go all in. I, it's, wow. You can't serve two masters. I've said this before, you know, I'm spending my time is not valued when I'm working for someone else, helping them build their business or helping them grow their business, let alone just maintain it. Um, you know, I know where my passion is. I know what needs to be done, but it's just, you just need to do it. You know, you just need to do it. And <laughs> it's, yeah, our vision has always been like put, everything we do is a decision for the business. It's a, the business first. And I've sort of like conditioned myself mm. to put myself sort of not second, not third, not fourth, but maybe like fifth. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to sort of break that conditioning and I feel selfish and I'm like, no, I need this amount of money or I need this. But, um, like I said, I'm ready, ready to just fuck. (laughs) I'm ready to just only dance. Throw it it all in. So that's what I'm doing. It sounds okay with an English accent. I just said it. So I guess I have to do it. So yeah. Canadian, not so much. (laughs) So is that where you're at Lance, where you're going all in with the float shack? I want to, like, I'm, I still need to, like, I still need to <laughs> think with it, but I think that's yeah. the best decision. I know what I can do. I know my <laughs> worth ethic. It's just, I'm somebody right. that, um, when I get into something, I will keep working on it. But mm-hmm. if I get distracted, it's hard to get started again. Absolutely. And it seems like every week going to work, I go work away for three days and then I come back and it's like, okay, catch up, catch up, yeah. catch up. Okay. Get to my projects. Okay. Next thing you know, maintenance Monday back to work. And it's just a big blur. I feel like I've been stuck in groundhog day between like every oh, day man. is scheduled to what has to be done. And I just, I want to break that norm and, and get to the roots of what needs to be done. And, you know, uh, Lance, I, I hope that you have a I hope that you and Sandra, my wife Sandra, can talk because she went through something very similar with nursing and teaching, um, of just feeling like it it to me from the outside is like, hey, you rock at that, you rock at this, great, you know, they're different mm-hmm. days, but for her the mental switching was, <laughs> wow, I was, I was gonna start dropping some f bombs, it was effing, uh, <laughs> I don't know what our stance is on. <laughs> but uh exhausting and very stressful switching between those two things and wanting to fully devote herself to the float shop Mm -hmm. um yeah that i I would just love for you to talk to her about that it sounds very familiar very similar yeah yeah well i'll share a little bit about from my side too so i mean i i I relate with where you're at i mean my my career before all this was i spent 10 15 years in the corporate world 
sitting under flickering fluorescent lights yeah. in corporate cubicles, and they paid me really, really well. I made $100,000 a year at the peak of my career. You know, it was good money. Yep. Along with that, I had the big ridiculous house and the credit card bill mm. and the big crazy Land Rover and like all this stupid shit that didn't make me happy, right? And so... I spent a year while I was doing the whole marketing consultant thing and having my own little independent marketing company going through the same things that you're going through right now. I was like, man, there's just there's too many cogs in this machine and I really just need just a, just a couple of them to focus on. And I just made a decision that I'm going to stop doing the things I don't like doing and I'm going to pursue the things that I feel good about doing and feel passionate about doing and help people. And like you said, I'm just going to be all in with that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. going to be my focus. And somehow mm-hmm. that's that's going to work out. And it's yeah. it's sustaining me. I'm not crazy rich. But I love every day that I go to work. I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. And I'm happy. And I'm way happier than I ever was making $100,000 a year mm. before. I was miserable when I was rich. <laughs> you know? <laughs> now that I'm poor, I'm much happier. You know, it's kind of it's funny. Um yeah. So that's that's a little bit of my story, and I, and I I suspect that there's a lot of float center owners with a similar trajectory and a mm-hmm. similar history and kind of a similar set of concerns. You know, um, thinking about Greg Griffin is kind of popping to mind. You know, <laughs> and he's he's come up a couple of times in the, the podcast. Right. I think, but yep. <laughs> I think he's gone through similar things. You know, from what mm-hmm. I've seen of a lot of the, the comments on float facilitators, is just trying to lean into that wind tunnel and make it all work. Right. And make it financially viable and, and a thing that can sustain you. But, you know, my take is always if, if you follow your passion and you do what makes you happy, you'll, you'll be all right. You know, it'll, it, it will align around that. You know, it's amazing with, with the float shop with Sandra and I, like every time we've decided to go, okay, we can't, we have to take care of ourselves. We can't be bend, bending over backwards for everybody else or for our community anymore. We have to take care of ourselves. The business has, just moved up it's just moved up to accommodate us it's the weirdest phenomena and it's happened every single time time and time again once we commit uh, everything just changes around it it's this i i I, i'm I'm not uh super woo woo or whatever you want to you want to call it but uh the universe seems to provide Um, now i don't want to say you can go do things blindly um you have to do things intelligently, but I think you might be surprised, Lance. Like, if you and and I'm I'm not your therapist. Uh, excuse me, business coach. Uh, I'm not here to tell you. Yeah, we're just we're just throwing in unsolicited advice here. Yeah, yeah. What to do? <laughs> but just from my experience, um, the the full commitment um, it, uh, to something that already has some momentum, mind you, uh, mm-hmm. will yeah. will pay its dividends more than you expect. Is, yeah. is my... And you know what? I I completely understand all of that. But there has been this resistance or this fear to doing it. It's like, uh, in, in two months, you'll be better in oh. two months. In two months, uh, next month, we're almost next month. And it's not just, just do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And But, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, it just needs to be done. And everyone knows that. I know that. Um, <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. It, it can be scary. Scary. It we all scary. have mental blocks. Like, There's all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's this this entrepreneur thing, like trying to do it with uh, doing another job. It's it's hard to break your focus to do something you don't enjoy. It rips your creativity. It rips mm-hmm. your soul, and it's 
it's not good for anyone. And, you know, paying myself just a little bit, even, you know, cutting down my hours there and getting a little bit, it's, it's not worth it. Like it's, I don't know. I'm just going to keep saying the same thing. Like it's not worth it. I, I need to switch. And this doesn't need to be a pity party for Lance. Pants <laughs> here. So, um, I just like people that are planning on getting into this. Like if you're wanting mm. to do it with another job, it is not easy. Like it's, it will rip you to the ends of time. It's because, you know, when you're there doing like when I'm covered in oil and grease and my, you know, there's oil in my ear and I'm sweating antifreeze out of my armpits. Like I'm yeah. thinking about the emails I haven't answered, the, mm. the marketing videos I want to do, like mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And then, yeah, you could only imagine what it's like to be stuck doing something you no longer want to do. And all you can think about is your business. You know, what you want to build, what you want to create, what you want to manifest. Like, it's... I'll echo Dan and say, I, I bet a lot of our listeners know just that. Because yeah, I don't, I don't have to imagine. I was there, you know. I, I burned out doing the marketing stuff, which is kind of why I didn't throw mm. any insights on. Yeah. I kind of stepped away from it because I just... I, I've been doing it for 15 years. I didn't enjoy it anymore. Mm. So I was just like, screw it. I'm going to stop doing it. I'm going to stop doing the things I don't enjoy. And I'm going to focus on the things that I do enjoy. And... Mm. It takes some time, but uh, for me, yeah. it unfolded, you know, and it continues mm-hmm. to evolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know. I know what needs to be done. Like what? I've invested thousands of, literally thousands of hours, not only into my float center, but the industry as a whole with the mm. CFC and the podcast. And there has been, you know, almost very little financial return in mm. all of this. But I know when I go all in, things will change. Things will change because mm. there's. There's many avenues I need to go down, but it's been time that has been my resistance. Mm. Well, not resistance. The time has been what I've been Limiting. missing. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that, that grammar there, people. <laughs> May I ask, how does uh, Matt, your business partner, Matthew, feel about this? Or does he know? Um, well, I sort of like yeah, had a private. I sort, yeah, I sort of had a private meet. No, we have till Thursday. <laughs> uh, I had a private meeting with John today, but Matthew sort of stumbled in in the middle of it, so um, he sort of left without getting his full opinion. But he gave oh, me sort of a hug and said, "We'll chat tomorrow." So nice. cool. I think he's understand. Like I'm quite an emotional guy, and there's been a few times where I just break down, start crying, and Matthew knows when that happens. Like Lance isn't doing too good. Things need uh, to change. So. So, so in yeah. the past, he's been good. Like he's yeah, Matt's been pretty good. Yeah. Matt's been pretty good. Yeah, but nice. it's been a weird, weird balance because Matt has been here. You know, his his overheads to live were less than mine, so we've mm-hmm. paid him. He's been here full time since day one, mm-hmm. and I've been doing the scattered thing. So it's mm-hmm. it's just been, I don't know. He understands, but it's a hard change to make, I guess. Okay. I don't know what there was going. You can. I think, uh, thank you for snapping that you, one out. <laughs> I right. think you just said what, what's on the mind of a lot of people and um, who are who are struggling to make us work. I think what you did was just let us know that it's all right and that there, uh, there are ways to work through it. I think it's good, Lance. I think what you, yeah, you shared just, some stuff, some I good just, heart stuff. I forget that people actually listen to this podcast and I just like <laughs> dumped all my emotional heartaches about my relationship, my job and everything on the podcast. So, well, yeah, I, don't, I hope something, someone takes something from that. I don't, I'll have to re-listen to this, but. <laughs> Can you know I the, just yeah. say, Lance, that yeah. um, 
I have actually been having conversations with Mark lately about picking up some work outside of the mm. float center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm already starting to reconsider that and thinking about what I can do to perhaps go, quote unquote, all in. Um, yeah. So we just had this conversation. So it's probably a lot more timely than you even realized. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lance. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing, man. Damn. Maybe I'll go live when I'm like completely angry at my job next week and I'm just, <laughs> I'll really let you know how I feel. Be sure to, yeah, quit live on Facebook. <laughs> there we uh, go. Now, now that's how you use Facebook that's Live. Right. That will get the views. That and then trip the and fall down the stairs on your way out. Yeah. People yeah. love that. Wow. Yeah, Lance, thank you so much for sharing it. I know it's not easy for you to share, but. Um, a, I think so many people can relate to it. And the other, I think, a kind of incredible thing with the podcast is that we get to check in every week and hear the story over time. Successes and, you know, quote unquote failures or difficulties or hurdles, however you want to put it. So thanks for putting it out there now and we get to find out, Yeah. yeah. you know, uh, either you're, you're not on the show anymore <laughs> because you've gone all <laughs> in as a mechanic um, yeah. or, or that, uh, you know, I, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, I don't think I could ever go in all as a mechanic, but it, it, I feel tough the saying that I would leave it all, but there's no way it could. Right. <laughs> there's no right. way. But you have to consider that, right? You, you have to, I have to. Mentally, you, you know, have to consider your options. When you, when you do have financial responsibilities, like, you know, a lot of stuff can hit the fan if you don't pay those bills that you mm-hmm. need to pay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not ready to get in that kind of trouble. So. Right, right. <laughs> Um, man, good luck to you, Lance. Yeah, like, again, like your your business coach. Like, I don't want to say, do this, do that. No, but I'm really excited that. for you to, no. for your journey. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Whew. All right. Hope All it's right. <laughs> Before we move on, I do want to give a shout out to the Flow Conference again. Um, they are working on something they've been doing for a few years now, which is uh, a state of the industry report. Uh, they reach out to everybody and just try to gather information on where the industry's at. Lance, do you want to tell a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think like that's a really cool thing. We've actually ref- I've referred to it a few times in this podcast when I'm trying to educate on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've it's coming out. They should be doing the questionnaire, which will be. The results will be released at the conference this year. So the questionnaire should be coming out this week. I believe Graham may have said the 23rd of June, which should be Thursday. So the date of the release of this podcast. But it's just a really powerful tool where um, they basically get everyone's information. I'm sure when they've been on their RV tour, they've sort of collected some information as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, you submit your questionnaires. They'll ask you when you open, how long you've been open for, um, any issues you may had, where do you think most, how'd you hear about floating? Like just all the basic collection or questions, but then it gets, um, collaborated into one report and shared with the industry. So it's, it's just a great way to see what's going on with our float industry, how much it's grown, yeah. um, yeah. prospected growth. Like it, it's pretty cool looking back. I think the first one was 2012. Maybe I forget when the the first state of the industry report came out, but it's really cool looking back on those same questions and seeing how much it's evolved and and grown since then. So, yeah, I yeah. think uh, if nothing else, just seeing the growth of the industry 
through this is really incredible. But also just seeing what all the different uh, float centers are doing, how they answer the questions is, mm -hmm. is really interesting. So yeah. I know last year they had, um, I think, somewhere around 85 responses, uh, which is a good good collection of information. But so many more float centers are opening up. I would love to see that number be a lot bigger this year. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to post a link. I, it should be live by Thursday. So um, if you go to the show notes on this page, we're going to post a link there. Please uh, sign on there. Um, answer answer all the questions that apply to you. And let's let's make this as clear as possible for 2016. What what does our industry look like right yeah. now? It's, it's really fascinating. Really cool stuff. Yeah, we're able to reach a ton of people through the podcast and even how much float tank facilitators has grown. Like we the more people that answer this survey, the you know, the more information we have, the better for everyone. So yes. I encourage you, like it takes five minutes, just answer it up. I've always <laughs> had fun doing it. <laughs> answer it up, folks. <laughs> answer it up. Nice. Thank you, Lance. Blah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's back. <laughs> uh, that's for some of our oldest listeners. That's great. Uh, cool. So, um, wow, we're finally at our show topic, <laughs> our main show topic. How funny that happens. You know, okay, I'm going to digress even further for just one more second here because we've talked about on air like the idea of the format of this show, and um, I've kind of like been thinking like maybe we shouldn't cover our weeks at the beginning of the show maybe throw that to the end go to the main topic at the beginning of the show um there's a fast forward button you can jump around if you want to i don't think we'd have the content like we had at the beginning of the show that we're just like these natural organic conversations that happen where there's so much learning that takes place i think it's so freaking valuable i i want to have that at the at the top of the show there so like today's recording just reminds me like yeah that that has a lot of value there. Okay. Well, if I could break it break it down just as a as an outsider, yeah. Into this first, I mean, the, you know, the first part is really the heart, and the second part is the brain, right? I mean, huh. the the topic is sort of the intellectual level discussion, mm -hmm. but all the all the here's what's going on with me right now is is the heart centered focus of what running a float center is about, and I think mm -hmm. that's I think everybody who listens connects with that as much as they connect with the intellectual brain centered part of things. So that's just kind of you know a little bit of my outside perspective on it. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay then. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how to word it. Maybe you guys can help it out. Uh, help me out. I, I know we had some issue before we started recording. Is it employee incentives, employee motivators? The, the show topic is how do we get... Um, I mean, there are certain employee benefits that I think people naturally have. The, the idea of having floats uh, with your with working for the float center, but I want to gear into, and we can talk about that more later, but what I want to kind of key into is the idea of motivating employees through incentives, like um, getting the most sales or connect throughs on a particular product, et cetera. Or uh, even if it's not a competition with other employees, just some kind of motivator that's a direct, uh, more directly associated with how much you're selling to getting something in return from the business. Does that make sense? A commission, if you will, would, would be one of those. Um, so I guess maybe as we start, we should just go around in a circle here and say, you know, if do we motivate our employees with any of those kind of employee incentives? My, my business doesn't. Amy, does yours? No, no, it does not. Okay. Lance, does yours? <clears throat> I think a good way to word it is sales incentives. But sales no, incentives, okay. We do not have any sales incentives. And Dan? We do, yeah. We have we have a commissions program for commissions. for our employees. So, because of the the funny cycle 
you know that we all know about in, in a float center where you know you have the busy you have the busy period and then it's really quiet then you're mm -hmm. busy then you're really quiet mm -hmm. um we don't pay as much on an hourly basis as as we might for a different job where it was busy all the time so for us a commission is a way of offsetting that a little bit and can i um you know can i stop you right there yeah, I I, right. I I think you lost me a little bit on how come they're paid less during less busy times. Well, so we all of our employees are college students. Mm -hmm. So and this was a topic that came up. You know, we've talked about downtime as well and how to use it mm -hmm. and how there's always something to do. But um, you know, our employees do everything you need to do, and there's still a little bit of, a bit of downtime. Mm -hmm. um, but because they get to have that downtime. Their salary is a little bit lower than it than it otherwise might, mm -hmm. you know, as as a reflection of that downtime. But in order to compensate for that perhaps lower salary bracket, you know, we have a commissions program that gives them incremental income, but also incentivizes them to be really effective salesmen or salespeople. Okay. Sorry. Um, so that's kind of that's the logic of how we structure that. Um, so I'm sorry. So it's not fluctuating throughout the year, is what you're saying. But because it fluctuates, the income bracket is lower. Because the busyness cycle throughout any given day fluctuates. Yeah, the commission yeah. doesn't fluctuate. The commission package is, is set all the time. So yeah, sorry if that was confusing. Yeah, the fluctuation is just sort of the, the nature of the workday, right? That's what I was referring okay. to. Every, oh, every, okay. Every two every two hours, it's really busy, mm -hmm. and then you have the down cycle, and you have the up cycle, down cycle. Um, so. I'm kind of rambling, but the commission package that that we offer is um, we offer 20% of the first month on any membership that mm -hmm. they sell, and we offer 10% on any package that they sell. So, as a business, it doesn't add up to a whole heck of a lot of money. You know, it's like mm -hmm. a couple, two or three hundred dollars a month to to fund this commissions package. Mm -hmm. But for them, it's a little bit of extra cash in their pocket, and it, and it, and it makes a difference for them. You know. Um, and so there's this there's this funny line though with incentivizing people to be salespeople mm. and not having an environment that is aggressively sales oriented, right? So there's there's some coaching that goes into vol goes into um, having a commissions package of like, okay, so here's how you present information without being too aggressive, too eager, too focused on the money. You know, really what we want you to feel like is incentivized to help people that's why you're here that's why you work in a float center that's what we know about you as great human beings that's why we hired you because you want to help people mm -hmm. um but you know if you can also increase your income you know as a result of being really effective and efficient at doing that then that's something we support and and encourage nice. so emmy oh. would you consider having an incentive program you know, at our float center, um, not at this time. Um, that said, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it, but it depends on the culture of the company. Mm -hmm. And one thing that Dan brought up that I really liked and I realized, yes, this is the component that was missing. There's been some training. Um, I think putting people out there and saying, yeah, you can earn extra money if you sell some memberships. Um, I'm thinking, and I, I'll tell her ahead of time that I'm talking about her on air. Uh, so we have um, we have one employee who is a lot more aggressive than the others. Now, she's loving, and she really feels she wants them to get this series because she knows that it's going to help them, and she's a little bit more aggressive than the rest. And we've actually <laughs> had to coach her to kind of pull it back <laughs> a little bit because yeah, uh -huh. it's just uh, for our culture, 
Um, what she was doing was just felt a little unbalanced and felt a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think there's a, a good way to do it. And um, mm-hmm. it looks like Stan's given us some guidelines tonight and perhaps some things to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you, def- you definitely have to train and, and, and coach around it, you know, yeah. and, and hire people. Like I said, you, you hire people who you know want to help people. And right. that's the primary motivation. That's why they enjoy being in the environment. Yeah. You know? But be really effective at helping people. And you'll get a compensation for that. I mean, that's that's kind of that's the the, the structure of it, from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had our employee meeting today, and uh, so the whole the whole shop was there. Uh, we're closed on Tuesdays, and uh, the topic was brought up. <laughs> Sandra brought up. Uh, we have a, a new LMT uh, who's a, a, just a veteran LMT and a professional has managed and owned businesses and. Uh, successful ones as well and um she's been bringing ideas like incentivizing our employees uh among others so at during today's meeting sandra started bringing it up and i started with my eyes and with everything i could without saying words going no don't bring this up don't bring this up we got to talk about this privately before we bring this to the staff because i thought the staff was just going to jump on this idea and, and run with it uh but sandra says you know, what do you guys think about being incentivized? And uh, one one idea was, um, you know, the person who sells the most uh, float massage packages gets something or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Or, um, Dan, more to your style, the idea of just uh, a one-to-one ratio of getting something for, for uh, per sale. And I was like, damn it, anyways. And that happens in our meetings way too often. Either Sandra or myself will say something, to everybody that we totally haven't talked about privately yet and just bring it out to the to everybody at once but um i was shocked that everybody basically just shit on the idea was just like absolutely not not interested uh which was not what i was expecting um and the the reasons why were just as interesting um one was i and, and Dan, this is not uh, similar to yours, which was the competitive idea was, I don't want to be competitive with my employees. That's not that's not why I show up. I heard um, that it felt insulting, that um, I need motivators to do my job, um, which I also found very interesting. Uh, another was simply that I'm here for a particular reason, that that is, that is my motivator. I add in the financial part to it just doesn't doesn't add anything or confuses the issue and I, I think those were the the main reasons why and I was I was surprised and I was surprised by how articulate you know just like clear crystalline crystalline ideas of, of why it, it didn't match um, now mind you I didn't want her to share that because I didn't like that idea in the first place and I didn't want her to share that publicly everybody go like yeah that's what we should start doing and then have to start doing that before Sanjay and I before potentially I could have either have squelched that idea before it ever got out or we could have worked to something where it, it made sense before we brought it to to our staff um, so just with having my shared that do you have any thoughts on those well thoughts? I mean I- think not everybody likes to do sales for one uh-huh. thing right uh-huh. and and I, I would i would generalize that probably float center people are pretty chill mm-hmm. quiet uh you know maybe um not super outgoing mm-hmm. people necessarily just kind of chill neutral type of people so suggesting that yeah we're gonna we're gonna see if you want to do sales i think just that idea itself doing sales you sure know, and it conjures a specific type of sure. personality and archetype, right? So that's why I think it is important to capture 
that essence of what we want you to do is do an awesome job. And we know that's why you're here. That's why you choose to work in a float center because you want to do an awesome job in helping people. You could go work at any other place. Right, right. Be a small cog in a machine that isn't really helping people. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. And that's why our employees are here. So to me, it is important to structure it as, you know, do that really well. And, and additionally, you'll be compensated for that. And maybe it feels more feels more important to me as a result of the salary level that we can afford to pay our staff. Maybe other businesses pay more per hour, so it doesn't feel as necessary. Mm-hmm. For me, it felt necessary to, to kind of offset that a little bit with this mm-hmm. additional commission program. So, you know, maybe not every business needs to do that. Dan, is this something you've done from day one? Has this been something you opened your shop with? No, I mean, when we opened, we were owner operated. So mm-hmm. we've really, we've really only been doing um, staffing for real for nine months. We had okay. a we had a, we had an independent contractor before that, so it wasn't exactly an employee. Um, so when we, when we started having employees was when we started doing the commission program. So for me, that brings up. So I I love numbers and I love comparing things. Um, have you seen a change in conversion rates? Or has it been the same and it's and it hasn't really changed that much? Do you see a difference? Mm. But conversion rate, you mean from like a, just a single floater into a into a membership? Uh, yes, into a package or a series or a membership. I'm not. What all? Whatever you're yeah. selling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good and logical question, and one <laughs> I and one I haven't tracked. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I know that uh, revenues continue to go up, um, floats continue to go up, and you know they have in line with it being a staffed model, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that might just be the natural growth of the business. It might be a direct result of it being staffed by awesome people who are passionate and tenacious about floating. Um, that. I don't know, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that detailed level data analysis. I'm, I'm really curious of that as well, because you can have any membership or package or anything you want, but if your employee is not simply educating your customer base on those uh, that could be turning you away from sales. I know uh, we don't do a good job of advertising our prices and packages and stuff in our lobby. We literally literally just have a piece of paper that's printed off with our stuff on there. And we could do a better job at that. So we almost solely rely on our employees mm. educating our clients on what packages to move next or what's the best value for them. And if they're not doing that, that's that could be a lot we're missing out on so yeah i I know that every every single intro float that comes out gets the pitch you know and you know Mm -hmm. that i don't even like the word pitch because it sounds more aggressive than it actually is but Mm -hmm. every person coming out from an intro float now i know gets the pitch and they get it in a consistent way and they get handed marketing materials and they have the prices and memberships explained to them and that's just a standard thing that each one of our employees do and i know that they're doing it consistently because they do have a little bit of that incentive um on a personal level to make maybe, sure that they, they go through that process. Yeah. And maybe disciplined would be better than aggressive, for just for that descriptor. Yeah, it doesn't have to be sure. aggressive. It's just, just disciplined in doing right. it. Right. That's a good way of um, putting it, yeah. Definitely. May, may I step back to the uh, the sales idea of they, they're intimidated by the, the sales? And, and we didn't use that word, um, so it wouldn't be – that wouldn't directly be the issue with them uh, not liking the idea or the, the retreat feeling. Um, but I think my <laughs> – uh, I, I don't have the numbers to back it up, uh, 
similarly. So I, this is simply opinion based. Um, but I feel like my employees are very good salespeople as well because they are coming from a place of I want you to know about like if you're digging this here's a great way to continue doing this at a discounted price. Like it would be a disservice to let you walk out the door and not let you know about this. Like you dug this and you're going to love this, you know, like, let me, let me educate you about that. That's something that I have had a very difficult time learning, learning from the very beginning of opening the business of like, um, I think I ran out to the car to somebody. She was, she just loved her float so much. And I just, for some reason didn't, like I just had this angst inside me about telling her about this package or whatever. Oh, you know what? Probably because I felt like, hey, we're just two people connecting, like just heart to heart, very soul based. And then like to tell you about a salesy number, a discount just felt skeezy to me. And uh, I finally, she left and I finally went, oh my God, I need to tell her about this. I ran out to her car and I was like, hey, <laughs> I know this is weird. I just want to let you know that this is the thing we've got. She was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Yes. She walks me back into the business and buys the package. I don't, I don't remember his package membership, what it was, but it was like a real nice um, learning moment for me of what sales are, um, particularly around this particular industry. This is something they want to have. And so we're, we're, bringing that knowledge to them. So I know I, I kind of digress there a little bit um, with, no, I think, with my I learning think that's process. An important, that's an important point, I think. I mean, we, we have all of our prices and package prices and membership options all you know well-signed and in writing right there on the front desk. But as we all know, when you come out from a float, <laughs> yeah. you're not absorbing that stuff. You're not really reading it. Maybe you're yeah. glancing at it and absorbing 10% of it. But when you have somebody who is remembering to take the time to you know, appropriately, discreetly explain to you, like, hey, here's the options if you want to do it again. Um, you know, that has a definite impact on sales of further packages, on conversion to memberships. You know, I don't know what the, exactly the numbers are, but I, I see it happening every day. And it wouldn't it wouldn't happen if there wasn't somebody actually, you know, uh, mm-hmm. feeling incentivized to remember to do that. You know, right. yeah. it, could, it could be easy I for them to get distracted by folding towels and just getting the next room ready. Right. But with that, you know, just this small kind of token incentive, you know, they 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 remember to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, if I can add another, um, if, first, I, I do want to make it clear, like, there's not a right answer here. These are yeah. these are just ideas, sure. and so I so just want to. But uh, one one way that I think, and it actually just clicked while while we were talking, that I think might help my employees is something that I've talked about at some on some episode. I, I'm sorry, I don't know the reference point, but that we have a, an a floater schedule printout. And so at the beginning of the day, we print out if this is somebody's first time floating, if they're coming in with a Groupon, if it's a birthday float, like all the different types of clients coming in so that um, we print it out um, on, on a single page, but two two versions of the Excel spreadsheet. Um, it's cut in half. One is brought upstairs to uh, where the float rooms are. The other's kept at the front desk. So we know if somebody was given a thank you card. So if you come into the Groupon, you're given a, a thank you card that offers you two more floats at a discounted price, more than you paid for your Groupon, but less than the full price of two floats to kind of start bridging that. Um, and so uh, they have the card in the room. But like you said, most of them, you know, well, I, I, I don't know. If somebody's really excited, they'll, they'll grab it. But, you know, like you said, people are, can be pretty spacey or zenned out. And um, the person downstairs then, because they, they have that there, can know to remind them of that. And so their kind of reminder is that, that visual 
portion right there. And we use the sheet for other things, like if they have massage to, you know, put robes in the rooms and or a tote bag for their clothes and stuff like that. But but um, it just keeps that awareness of what clients are in the rooms um, in our employees' minds, So which I think kind of might match the same thing as the motivator of that, the financial motivator of um, keeping that in your head of connecting with this person. Sure. I think yeah. it, I think it has a similar effect. Yeah, I could see that. Nice. That's cool that you do that. It I mean, works. We, we, we keep track of like who's an intro float, and that's yes. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of it. So we're not taking it to the same level you are. That's that's awesome. Yeah, well, no. we use Mind Body, and so it uses the Green Star. So we always know if somebody's a first-time floater, and they're <laughs> thank getting you an for intro. that. <laughs> What's that? You taught me about the green star. I never knew that that was first time floater until like two months ago. We, Always we learning. I think on we show. argued about that. You're like, yeah, it has a feature. It shows you first time floater. It's like, no, I you vaguely... got to click on their profile. But nope, it's right there. <laughs> right? So this awesome. is one, t- one time I'm going to say thank you, Booker, for putting the word new and highlighting it in yellow. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Booker, Booker has like 18 different icons on every new appointment. Million, for sure. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Liz, I oh sorry, go ahead, Amy. How much training do you do, Dan? Is it something that's ongoing? Is it a part of your um, your introduction when someone comes to work for you? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, you know, training is always ongoing. There's always nuance that that we can all learn. Um, but we we tend to spend I'm trying to think, you know, about three weeks having any new employee shadow someone, whether, you know, usually that'd be me for about a week and then I would hand it off to one of our other existing employees and have them shadow them. Um, just because it is, it is really important to learn that, that nuance and that, that tone to capture with, with clients. You know? So yeah, about three weeks of, of training and then we set them this. Lance, I know, uh, a lot of our episodes have, <laughs> you've, kind of listened and then um like i remember the float massage episode you were like definitely not doing massage out of my center <laughs> which was not my intended effect but uh i having having heard dan and his his input and how he's running things do you have any new thoughts on incentivizing or well, what are your thoughts yeah I, I i sort of like it like i like where dan's going i like what he's doing um you know, it's been brought up before about doing incentives and we sort of said, no, no, we don't want salesmen. We don't want, mm-hmm. you know, it's not what we want. But uh, the way Dan sort of put it uh, is it's a rewarding them of doing a good job. And, you know, if that person buys a membership, yeah, it may be because they had a great float, but it could have been because that interaction with the employee made that connection. Like, I've had people coming out of here where they're, oh, thank you, Lance, see you next time. They're laughing, they're giggling. I've said this on this before. The float is half the experience at, you know, when you come into my business, the float is half the experience. The other half is the human-to-human interaction. And if you're really rewarding somebody, rewarding, I, I really like that word. If you're rewarding somebody for being their genuine self, to the fullest and doing a great job at that. Um, nothing salesy needs to be done about it. It's no, it, it could be a conversation. It could be like, Oh, you dig this. Yeah. Well, here's what we have. And, or I, I don't know, do you need incentive to do that? Or is it training? But I think that reward could, you know, we've talked about this on before of when we have something, when, 
when we have a success or we have achieved a goal, we need to celebrate that success. If like we have a yearly membership often, so if we sell a, sell a, sell a yearly membership, that's sort of a that's a big deal. That's a that's definitely addition to the day. You know, I want to. I feel great to be an employee. You can celebrate that. You know, you get the extra fifteen twenty bucks. That could be for a college student. That could be a that could be a good Friday night. You know, a six pack. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think rewards are good. I mean, like if we, if we have a good month, we reward our employees. Like on top of the commissions, mm-hmm. like hey guys, we had a good month, nice job. You know, there's a little extra in your paycheck, and it's not a huge amount, but no. just those just those token uh, those token things may go a long That's way. Interesting. With it. And like you said, Dan, um, from a business standpoint, it may just be a couple hundred dollars, and it may just be a minute amount. But to somebody who's really you know not making that much money, still in school, doing you know whatever they're doing, um, that could really that could really go the extra mile. And yeah, I think that could be appreciated, you know, not just. Yeah. When yeah. you're, when you're a college student and you're worrying about your power bill, you know, 75 bucks makes a big difference in your money. Right. When you're an entrepreneur. You know, yeah. Like, you're an entrepreneur. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, you know. forget college student living in Portland. Like I don't know if you know about our rent prices here. <laughs> um, no, I sort of like it. I'm, I'm glad we uh, had this conversation. I'm glad Dan's been on the show. Um, but it's, I, I like your what you're doing, Dan. That may That's great. work great. on that a little bit. Talk to Matthew about it first. Right. Start right. off with that. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Cool. I think considering mm-hmm. the idea is probably the most important part. Like, not just go like, no, that's wrong, but actually kind of weighing the, the pros and cons, like, in an earnest way is the best, best way to do it. Well, and everybody's going to find what's right for them. Mm-hmm. I'll throw this out there, too. Um, you know, having employees was massively more expensive than I ever realized. And that's my biggest <laughs> stress, you know, yes, at the same time. Yes. I and mean, it's a good 50% of our expenses. Um, yeah. But that's not really being driven by commissions. And, you know, commissions make them feel really good, makes them feel valued, makes them feel like they're being recognized as a business. doesn't cost us a lot more on top of what we're already paying them in salary. So it's, to me, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. But, you know, it's a business-by-business mm-hmm. business thing. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I, I, I find this fascinating. Um, uh, like to for me, um, that seems like treading into waters I don't want to tread into. Like I think about the the culture we have in the float shop, and I think about uh, just how we we care for each other, and like money, like uh, money has so little to do with people's happiness. And people who work for entrepreneurs tend to be happier than people who work for uh, non small businesses. Uh, excuse me, I should have said small businesses at the beginning, and. Uh, the environment that you create with the people seems like it has the most value to me. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, I'm, I don't want to take away from what you're doing whatsoever. Yeah. And, no, and I... then, but if I can take it even further, then I have a, an old friend who started his own business and I get grossed out by his Facebook photos and, and everything celebrating all his victories that are only number based. And there are call centers that are strictly based on sales and they make almost no money, but make can't have potential to make tons of money through sales. And I find it completely disgusting and a complete turnoff. And it, at, there's a tipping point, in, in my opinion, on his business where it becomes more about the sales than it does the customer experience, uh, delivering a, a, a proper customer experience. And so I think that no matter where you are on that spectrum, that's the choice. That, that's the you know, the lady justice, that the scales of justice, that's what you have to start weighing is where do you feel most comfortable on that spectrum? 
Yeah. Does that and make it, sense? And it, it does. And I think the way you described it is absolutely that's the front line. That's what you begin with. And, you know, study after study after study on employee productivity, employee happiness tells us that employees are not motivated by money, or at least employees are not made happy by money, and therefore they're not really <laughs> motivated by money, right? We've seen this in studies. Um, employees were motivated by having a good employer, having a good relationship with their employer, having a good environment that they can work, they can work in having a sense of satisfaction about what they're doing and having a great relationship with the clients, right? Those are all the most important things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the main point. Secondary to that is if we can help you get your bills paid and not have that stress and feel yeah. like your, your really awesome performance has a reward attached to it, we'll do that too, you know? But <laughs> creating the environment that you're describing is, is absolutely the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think the uh, one thing that's been pointed out in several studies is one of the motivators is being uh, is where the employee is um, is actually acknowledged for doing a good job. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Like you were saying, Dan, it's a very small amount, and yet it's an acknowledgement. We acknowledge our employees in some different ways, but mm-hmm. um, but it is important to acknowledge the good job they've done for serving your clients and for serving. Um, the people that we all adore and uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a, uh, a greasy salesy kind of thing. Uh, We are there to serve. And and like you're, you were saying when we sell someone a series or a membership, I like to think we're doing them. We're, we're helping them solve a problem. It's a good thing. I'm not Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh good. I got another membership in my pocket. (laughs) It's like, okay, great. They're part of our family. Now we're going to see them a lot. We get to hear their story. We get to hear where they go. Um, it's a, it's a very positive. It's all about how you couch it. Um, and what kind of terminology you use. And you've used some terminology tonight that, that resonates, I think with, with our industry more so than traditional sales talk. Yeah. And I'll, I'll typically hear the, the human stories from that sales cycle from my employees. They'll, they'll get all excited about the package or the membership they sold to this veteran. And, and they'll be excited about mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. see how that vet is going to benefit from floating or the fibromyalgia person with a pain disorder, you know, living with that 24 seven, you know, they'll be excited about being a change in that person's life. But then it's, Outside of that, in addition to that, it's nice to get a little bit of money at the end of the month that helps pay the bills, mm-hmm. you know. But that's not what drives them. It's really like Lance said; it's it's reward, you know. Well, so. I'm. Uh, I know my. I know many of my employees, or I should say, several of my employees listen to the show regularly, and so I'm really curious. After having listened to this and mm. having. And, and Dan, nice sales, by the way. Like nothing you said come across as like, oh no, that's that's the line. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be curious what they have to say, and I'll I'll yeah. let you guys know yeah, next week. Um, cool. Um, I I am curious if you guys have anything else you want to add on this topic before before we wrap up this week. Well, I'll, I'll throw it too on, on on tracking these things when you have multiple employees. It's it's kind of interesting tracking the sales cycle because not everybody when they come out of a float wants to make a decision. Sure. And yet and yet they've been given the pitch, right? They've been given the information by employee A, but oh. they don't they don't want to make a decision right there. But employee A has spent all the time of sitting with them and having conversation with them and sharing options with them, and then they'll leave. So. We've we've had to figure out over the last few months, like how do we how do we deal with that so that you know the person doing the the lion's share of the work and and relaying all the information doesn't get screwed out of the commission, right? Yeah. So we actually have a, a process where 
if one of our employees has spent time with a client explaining all the options and they feel like even though they didn't do it then that they might come back and sign up for a membership or get a package they'll actually put their names into this sales cycle spreadsheet that we run and if that person comes back and signs up later on the original employee gets 75 percent of the commission the person pushing the buttons and actually setting up the memberships gets 25 and that way everybody feels like it's it's kind of fair and nobody's really losing out on right. the, the work that they put into it so nice that's just a little extra nuance you know mm. yeah. and you said there were a few things that you wanted to add no that was it oh that's it okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just lance one. amy is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up um, actually, I was going to ask, um, so we have oftentimes two people at the front desk. One cleans, the other helps check people out, gets them, helps mm. get them tea and coffee and that sort of thing. Um, I know that it might, uh, my would my concern would be, this might not happen, there would be kind of a, a fight for who gets to clean the tanks and who gets to actually <laughs> check people out. Um, how how many fight. people do you have? Um, and... I'm I'm curious if you have any insight as to how to address an issue like that. Yeah, well, we at the moment we typically only have one employee on shift, right? So we have two tanks, and so it's it's just enough that it gets busy enough for one person. Anything more than that, we need, we really need to start thinking about having two people on at any any given time. But one of the things that we do is a, a float work trade. So we have people who are interested in floating, can't necessarily afford it, so they'll actually come and work five hours of front desk support or center support for a float. And they become the runners. They, they become the people that do the, you know, let's face it, the kind of shit, tedious work. They'll, they'll be the ones skimming tanks and cleaning floors and cleaning the center while our paid staff stay up front where they can stay focused on the clients and really having that polished uh, presentation uh, and client management. So we don't do that a whole lot, but it's something that we're looking at doing more and more just to kind of bring in some extra support for staffing. So. Nice. I'm just curious, Dan, do you take your payment before or after? Mm -hmm. for after. Always uh, after. Every mm -hmm. service, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I could just add a almost a bit of a non sequitur here, just the, uh, the cleaning portion to some employees is the cleanliness part is – the uh, the best part of oh uh, sure well that's that's some zen that's some zen in that right right yeah, there's zen in towel folding for sure and you know nobody really doesn't like doing it um, yeah, yeah 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 it's it's more it's more the workload right when you have four people at the front desk needing to be served getting checked in for massage and you have to be turning on the sauna and you have to be running oh, downstairs turning on pumps and <laughs> it's just like and you're all doing it in that twenty minute window of time right and right the, the yes. upcycle right so yep. for our staff I mean. Some of them are okay just managing that all by themselves. Like, I, I actually manage that fine. But some of them have said, yeah, that feels kind of stressful. And, you know, you don't really want your staff looking stressed out when someone walks in the door. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're trying to have that structure so that the front desk staff doesn't have to be as stressed out doing so many things in a 20-minute window of time. So instead, they have runners who can go back and forth and pick up, pick up some of the effort. Nice. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah. Good, good question, Amy, and yeah, good answers too. Uh, anything else you guys want to share? Questions? No. All right, Dan. It looks like you have something else you want to add. Yeah, <laughs> I actually have a question for Lance about his annual memberships. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about annual memberships in general. It's something that we do, and we capped it at three people. Um, 
because we realized we were, we were basically giving floats away for too cheap. So um, do you have any caps on the annual membership, Lance? Is it an unlimited kind of thing? Can people float every day if they want to? How do you look no, no. at it? Uh, our membership, so basically our whole pricing structure, so a regular float is about $69 for a regular float. And then if you were to do a three-pack, it'd be $59 a float is what that works out to. We do our monthly membership that comes on a credit card every month and gives you one float credit, which is $49 a month. Every other float you do that month is $49. That's how the membership works. And then our yearly membership, um, you get 13 floats, and it's five, it's just over $500, but it works up to $39 a float. So um, that's... That's higher than our base price of, well, not base price, but lowest price we want to go. We're, we're still making money there. So it's kind of the equivalent of a once-a-month membership plus an extra float. Yeah, and it's $10 cheaper. And that uh, our yearly membership is also shareable between two people. So um, a lot of people, a lot of couples will do it, or you'll get a couple friends who will split that cost. And then if they go over that 13 floats, they just pay that $49 price for the rest of the year every other float they do so uh, a lot of people that are floating weekly bi-weekly that sort of thing um, they'll just go right on the yearly membership and um, yeah the yearly membership is just a one-time payment and you're good for the year so mm-hmm. nice but uh Interesting. yeah that's our pricing structure works so basically 69 dollars down to 39 dollars a float what do you want how much do you want to float you know, right. the, we're, the only benefit we're getting is is helping you getting a repeat client, and you know, a lot of people just pay the regular price too. But the membership really helps out a lot of people. Yeah, ours is ours is just unlimited. You know, that's the way we structured it. So we have some people who float every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've been floating every day for six uh, months, and it's no. and it's kind of like, oof, that was that was a bad business decision because <laughs> uh, they're. They're floating to less than it costs us to to run a float. Yeah, and I've thought of doing an unlimited one too, and I think I worked it out to we charge like sixteen hundred dollars for it, but it never did happen. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't do math properly on that one. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious how other others have run that. All right, guys, I'm going to put a fork in this one. This is an awesome discussion and an awesome episode thank you guys so much thank you and dan thank you so much for being here this week yeah I, my I pleasure loved, loved your insights tonight and uh one more time lance i want to thank you for opening up and, and sharing what's going on i i yeah. think it's so powerful so thank you thank you for Amy, turning into thank you for being here oh what's that <laughs> oh sorry i was gonna say thank you for turning in tuning into this week's episode of lance's potty pants <laughs> <laughs> pity pants Lance's Crybaby Pissy Pants episode. All right. Fantastic. Well, guys, until next Crybaby Pissy Pants episode, we'll see you next week. You're listening to Art of the Float. 